0: what's going on coaches uh, excited to again be recording for the podcast obviously we haven't been on in a while uh, which is all my fault not coach Walls's. Uh, I got promoted to offensive coordinator and as as everyone I'm sure knows uh, it's been a really busy time obviously in the spring getting that started up and and uh, going through spring football and so uh, I've sat down and now I'll have a little bit more time to get some more podcasts recorded. Um, this summer obviously we won't be on the same schedule as we've had before as both me and Coach Walls uh, obviously stay pretty busy but uh, we'll, be, we'll do a lot better than we have uh, over this past few months and, and want to continue to put out episodes at uh, at least twice a month uh, if not more uh, all the way even through the season and so we'll be busy recording all this summer. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy this first uh, episode uh, that we're excited to bring to you guys here at McKinney high school where I am the coordinator. Uh, we actually just uh, made the state seven on seven tournament for the first time in 20 years. And so, uh, if anyone would like to help and donate towards that, either, either people or companies, uh, please, uh, go to my Twitter, uh, coach Harper on Twitter and, or Harper underscore coach, I believe is what it is and, and go on there. We've got a link to help donate so we can send our kids, uh, to the seven on seven tournament. But, Uh, We're going to be coming with a lot more regularity to you guys from the podcast, and then also we're still keeping up to date with runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SportsCope. SportsCope is the industry leader in end-zone camera and sideline instant replay technology. SportsCope manufactures 20-foot and 30-foot quality U.S.-made end-zone towers with the most advanced technology to make filming on game day easy and stress-free. Sportscope end zone cameras allow your camera operator to film from up in the press box, have built in instant replay for making crucial in game adjustments, and even have artificial intelligence designed to get you consistent in zone film and reduce your video staff on game nights. Edge Replay syncs multiple camera angles and delivers instant replay to your sideline iPads in seconds with no laptops needed. Paired with their three point network, the Sportscope app gives you full playback control so you can make adjustments. Your players can see. The Sports Scope app offers easy and predictive play tagging by ODK and is packed with smart features to save you time and allow for easy uploads after the game. Give your staff the edge on game nights with Sports Scope and Zone Camera and Edge Replay. Visit sportscope.com today. This episode of RTP is brought to you by Team Builder. Great teams win first in the weight room. Ensure your team wins their off-season with the most up-to-date programming and workout delivery software. Team Builder is offering a modern, full-year, 52-week football strength and conditioning program that comes free with any Team Builder trial. Not only does this program include in-season workouts, but also football-specific off-season workouts that prepare your athletes for the high demands of the season. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed all while reducing the risk of injury. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard from Rowdy and the RTP podcast, or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at Team Builder, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R, This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know that the best way to represent our big win is with a big championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you guys celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and as we all want, affordable from design to delivery. To get started, please contact your dedicated Run the Power legacy builder, Sam Daniel at samd at legendrings.com. Let him know that Run the Power sent you and Legend Rings will make your ring for free. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, me and Coach Walls catch up after a long offseason. Uh, we talk a little bit about summer seven on seven, uh, how to keep our guys fresh over the summer, and then I get to ask him a lot of different questions uh, from things that he's learned when he was a, was a new OC, uh, some of the things he learned uh, along the line being an offensive coordinator, and then some of the things he does now with his wide receiver group. You guys can get more information from us over at runthepower.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at runthepower. Hope you guys enjoy. So, here's kind of what I was curious about. Um, you've talked about it for a few years now, where whenever you were to call it again, you'd have almost, if you had the right quarterback, you'd have almost like a little small menu even in the game and kind of be like, hey, we want to run a run. Here's your menu of four. Or, hey, it's time I want to throw a pass. I like these three, but let you choose. Uh, how, How do you think now, after a few years you've thought about that, how do you think you'd do that, and do you think that's possible off of a wristband?
1: I still think it's possible. Um, I still think I would do it. Um, I, I would probably limit it to three. I just think four probably becomes too many. Um, I kind of like, you know, three just seems to be, the, for, for whatever it is, whatever reason, three is like the magic number. It's stuff that guys can remember, and I, and I think it, it just eliminates some of the variables. So it would be like, it'd be like a, run, a run, a short pass, and maybe like a, a deep pass you know, so, something along those lines, being able to, to organize it that way. But I for sure think you could do it off of a wristband too. I think that'd be the other thing where you wanted to call a play, like having a signal to, to tell the QB, hey, you're off, I'm on, I'm live now. And then you could, you could be able to signal that in for them and be able to roll it. Otherwise it's, you know, another signal, hey, it's rolling and, and it's you. Hey, we're off of, off of this menu uh running these plays in maybe you know this formation you could keep it the same or if you got to do this really smart you know maybe now you you go with a a couple of formations but I don't see any reason why uh not to especially I think in high school
0: I got you And, and then so uh I guess here so my other questions for you uh that we just hadn't talked about recently um so you've got right now uh like you've said almost like a plethora Of wide receivers. Like you got so many. Um, how do you get in practice? I know you've talked about half line. How do you work half line? How do you work practice to where you're getting all of your dudes the the football? Because obviously there's only one football when you throw it in a game and you go to and you go and you win and everyone's happy, but everyone wants to catch the ball in practice. How are you finding ways? Uh, to get all those guys the ball? Cause they all sounds like all of the guys that you got out there up to like, you're almost three deep. They, they deserve yeah. the ball. They need to get the ball. How are you getting around to them?
1: Um, it's a great question. I mean, it's, it's one of the, the tougher balancing acts you have as a coach. I mean, you, you get so many talented guys. You look at your, your basketball teams, you know, every guy in the NBA is a great player and there's dudes that, you know, sit on the end of the bench and don't get to play. So it's always kind of that balancing act. But like you said, in practice, we can we can control the, the format a little bit more. So a few things that I like to do. Number one, you said at half-line pass, um, half-line seven-on-seven, whatever you call it, three-over-two and four-over-three is what we call it. We kind of gotten it from uh, Coach Shenander at Nebraska, and it was a, a defensive emphasis. But I loved it from the simple fact that our younger guys, you know, hey, we're just going to have you guys go three-over-two. They learn all of our two-man combos. So, you know they're they're learning smash, they're learning st, they're learning flood, and I can literally just kind of sit there and tell them, you know what what the concept is, and then not only that, the quarterback now learns how to read, you know a two man, a two man combo is the corner route uncapped or capped, you know uh, a a fin route, how do we run those things? So I think from the teaching aspect, it's excellent, and then more guys are getting reps. It's not having five guys go out a pattern and seven on seven, and only one of them gets the ball thrown to them. So we'll have two sides going two receivers versus three uh, defenders. And then the other side would have another QB and then they would have three receivers there and they can go against four defenders. So literally you're still getting your, your five, your five receivers out of a pattern and there's seven defensive guys on the field, but now there's two footballs being thrown.
0: How are you, how are you putting that out there? Like, so obviously you get two quarterbacks. So we'll say the one's the second string quarterback. Are you putting second string receivers only with him? Or are you saying all of our one receivers go across the board and then the one quarterback throws the left, the two quarterback throws the right?
1: Yeah, generally I'll try to group it up like that. But there's some days, like right now in the summer, I'll have them just work everywhere. So guys guys will work with every QB. Every QB gets a little bit of experience thrown with them. But you know, if you have some clear-cut you know, senior guys, guys who have been there and made plays, I obviously want them working with, you know, like the guy we got now with JJ. So you try to keep those guys, Hey, wherever JJ is going to be, you guys kind of work here. But at the same time, uh, I also let them kind of, you know, intermingle intermix with each other, because a lot of times those older guys are are helping coach some of the younger dudes as well. So it's a little bit of both, but literally we just put lines behind the guys that are going. And then it's like the next group comes up and we're just hand signal, the QB calls it and hand signals it. So it's, it's gotcha. like what we were just talking about, like your concepts. You could practice that with your QB. Hey, here's our three-man concepts. You're hand signaling to the receivers. Hmm. So letting, letting them, you know, hand signal what they want. And again, oftentimes I sit there and I just snap the ball to the QBs. So I can just kind of see, see what he signals. And then I'm watching his footwork and see which route was, was completed. So that's one way. I think another way to get those guys a bunch of reps and – to me, receivers will tell you this is their favorite drill. It's one on ones. Yeah. So if you have, yeah, I mean, if you have four QBs, I think it's stupid, personally, to just have one or two lines, right? And you're just rotating QBs, and you have one huge line of receivers. And I think, you know, even if you're going two sides, like, why wouldn't you set up four stations of one on ones? So maybe sure. you could just r- rotate it. Like, hey, you guys are going to be down in the red zone. We'll pull you guys out to like the. 30, and we'll be smart about the routes we throw. We're not throwing the deeper things. Uh, but having, you know, like I said, f- four different stations where guys can go get work in one-on-ones. And, again, that's where I would really pair up, hey, if I have a freshman QB, he's only going to be throwing freshman receivers. Uh, you know, our sophomore QBs are going to be throwing to, to more of our, our JV kind of guys. And then your, your varsity dudes are throwing varsity dudes. But I think, again, that's a, a great way to be able to do it. Now if you got, you know, a few different ways to film it, one-on-ones is, is the biggest bang for your buck, too, to, to film practice and then mm-hmm. chop it up for, for kids' is numbers. So, like, if it was, hey, number 11, he was the receiver here, I'll go in and I just tag all those really quick, and I just build mini cut-ups, and I ship them off to those guys, and they can watch their – holy cow, I, I had 12 reps of one-on-ones. You know, or,
0: That's awesome. That was one of the big ones this yeah. spring that we stole from you. We stole who who caught the ball or who was targeted with the ball. Now, I don't know that if we did that during one-on-ones. I'll have to go back and look because uh, we need to. But we started doing that in team and in seven-on-seven mm-hmm. and all of it, even if it was the tailback. Like you said, those kids love to watch themselves, which is a good thing in my opinion. So, we started putting yeah. their number so they could find exactly, you know, the, the plays that they were in. Or our c- coaches could build cut-ups really easily for them.
1: I like it, too, because I, I build a like, personal cut up for their one-on-one clips and i'll drag them in there so they just have to go to like like austin bailey's one of my receivers he just goes in he looks at austin bailey and it goes in the order we put him in and he can see how he's improving as well so it's almost kind of like a storyline of here's what i look like when i started you know oh that's cool here's what i look like when i get to the end so it it's a cool thing like uh you know brody another receiver i coached who's at, at iowa he's still on huddle, you know, with, with us, we, we leave some of those guys on there and he's like, coach, I go back and watch my one-on-one cut up all the time.
0: Wow. And he just,
1: and he just thinks about like those things. Like I'm telling you, it was, it's, it's the, the simplest thing I ever did, but it's the thing that those guys really remember, you know, and, and some of your guys that might not, you know, might not play a lot, they make a play against one of our DBs or they make a great move. Like our guys go crazy, you know, when a guy like that makes a play. And they have that on film, you know, for, for posterity. Hey, I did it. I made a play, you know? So I think it's awesome just for that simple fact, you know, that, that winning dopamine hit, but also dude, you, all your receivers are, are happy. They're getting a bunch of reps. The ball's getting thrown to them. They're getting to compete. It's just an easy way to do it. I think, you know, and not have to, to, to really do a lot of organization with it. Let the QB decide the route they want to throw. go have fun, man.
0: Sure. So you let the quarterback even a one on so one. Let him call, signal, and call whatever he wants.
1: Absolutely. Now I'll give him you know some parameters. And, you sure. Know, sure. Coach, Coach Clink, you know when we're at BA, like Walls, you're not one of these triple move one on one guys. I'm like, no. You know, I, I I think that's ridiculous too. I've coached DBs and 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 like, man, we're not gonna we're not gonna put any routes in there that we don't run in a game. Now there might be a couple double moves, but yeah, I I'll give him some some parameters. Like, hey, today I really want you guys to work on these. Right, you can sprinkle in a couple of those, but here's what here's what the goal for today should be, and then you know maybe at the end it's like, all right, have a little bit of fun. You guys get you get one whatever you want, you know.
0: Gotcha. Um. So so my other one, I've never had this issue. All I've ever had is linemen, and now this year I got the whole offense. Um, and so yeah. Hey,
1: you didn't you need to talk about that? I mean, kind of life changing since the last time we were on the pod. (laughs) It is. You moved to Texas and now you're an offensive coordinator having to worry about literally the other six quote skill dudes.
0: That's right. It's been different. I've been, uh, you know, it was a, I got really, really lucky and, and, you know, obviously lucky is is a, the exact word for it, but then also obviously uh, you know, the, the selfish part of you wants to you think you you're smart. You did a good job. I'm sure I did, did a good enough job to, to climb, but fell into a great situation and, Um, came in as a tight ends coach. And shortly after the line coach left, so I got to go to that. And then after the season, the OC left and got to make the move up there. You know, it doesn't really happen very often. Uh, You move to a new state and get to bump up that quick and then got an unbelievable head coach and a great defensive coordinator, Uh, you know, probably two of the best in the state. And so, yeah, I got really lucky and uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, But that's easy to say We got really, really good players, you know, a division one quarterback and two sec, uh, tailbacks and some unbelievable receivers and, and a couple of division one linemen, um, which I, I know, like if we were in Oklahoma, we'd be saying, you know, you know at, at times throughout those years, like, Hey, we, there's no one has a chance to beat us. We're, we're still in a tough district. Everyone's got those guys, but, uh, we give ourselves a real chance when you got players like that. Um, Probably the one of the biggest things I've learned from you, though, is is that like you want to be really good, you better have really good football players. Um, And so, right now, we've got that. But yeah, so now all the summers in the past, I've always just worried about my linemen. And so, and and I've listened to the skill guys talk about keeping people fresh and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, just stay fresh. You know, I haven't haven't really paid much attention to it. You guys are skinny. You'll be all right. Uh, Guys could run forever, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, but with linemen, like even like now, you know, you go know, Monday through Thursday if that's your workouts, and then almost as hard as you want to make workouts, which there's still, I think, parameters to that, but as hard as you want to make workouts, they're getting three days off. You know what I mean, where they're gonna, and you know there's they're bigger guys, and so you know what they're gonna do when they go home. They're gonna lay around, they're gonna, you know, watch some TV and do things. They're probably not gonna go uh hoop for eight hours a day, you know, because they are those bigger guys. And, and now I'm falling into just curious how you've done it because you've made it such a big deal the past few years. But like, we've got skilled guys that are working out, you know, however many hours in a day. And then you get uh, by UIL rules, a few hours a week of of football training or some type of, you know, their rules that they can do some type of organized football activity, Uh, Without helmets and hitting and stuff, and so we have them up there for that. And then we've got seven on sevens, you know, and and then they've got some of them have seven on sevens that they're going to on their own, and then some of them have their own position guru that they go to, which again I think is a great thing. I don't say that in a bad way, but they're going to that as well. And then uh, on top of that, like we've got a all these mega camps here in the Dallas area, so guys are going there and trying to show out, and then. You talk about on top of that, you know, guys have basketball or baseball or whatever their second or third sport is that that they're wanting to play too. How do you how do you find that that place that sweet spot to not you know we've had you've had such a great off season. the summer they've got so much time and you'd love to think they're going home and resting but they're not. How do you find that sweet spot? Still get what you need to out of them for them in football, uh, but not have them you know, lesser than they were when they started some.
1: Well, I love, I love the question. And, you know, there's, there's been so many different ways you, you try to maybe attack it and think about it, but while you, while you were talking and saying it, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of come back to to two things. Um, number one, that, that I see a lot from a lot of coaches uh, and I coach track too. And I think there's some track coaches that get caught up in it, but, when you have like too many like hardline rules, like if you, if you, Hey man, you, you gotta be here for this. You gotta be here for that. You got to only do this. You got to only do that. You know, this is the only way you can play. I, I think that one turns kids off and you're not being very receptive to the things, things that they like. Right. And you mentioned all those other things. I mean, would it be great if all they did was the stuff that we do at McKinney or the stuff that we do at Ankeny? Yeah, it'd be awesome. That's not the reality. So I think, there, there has to be some flexibility there. Hey, hard fast standards. When you're here, dude, you're going, you're you're going hard. You're giving it everything you got. But it leads you into my second point. The second one's communication, right? There can't just be things going on in the in the dark, right? Just leave it all out in the open. So I think you know, hey, when the kids know that I have some flexibility and I and I care about them, they need to be able to communicate to me. It's like, hey, walls, I had. I had a two day mega camp and I'm just fried. Right. And, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to that kid's goal. He's not, he's not going to mega camp to, to kill the and Hawks. He's not trying to kill our team. You know, he's trying, he's trying to get a scholarship. He's trying to learn new things. He's trying to go compete against other athletes. Right. All of his intentions are, are good. So I kind of embrace that. And I, all I ask him is like, dude, just, just communicate with me. And then we'll, we'll make a decision and we'll, we'll decide what we need to do with, with your recovery. Hey, we're going to keep you out of this. We'll, we'll have you do this. And then I think uh, along with that communication, Rowdy is like, you're educating these guys all the time. Like, here's why it's important to rest. I send them articles on why it's important to rest. Sleep is the number one, you know, performance enhancing drug, if you will, right? You guys need to sleep more. Um, it's okay when you go home to take a nap, right? Naps are awesome. Like, and I have to tell parents that man, my kid's so lazy. He's not lazy. He's a cat. He needs to sleep, you know, 14 hours a day. It's okay. So I think just educating people on it and, uh, and having the conversations with it. And then, you know, when kids do make mistakes or they, or they do do a little bit too much, I don't come down super hard on them. I'm just like, dude, what, what'd you learn from it? Well, you know, I need, to, I need to maybe do this. I'm like, well, let's learn from it and let's, right. and let's take care of it. So I think having the flexibility being able to communicate and then just educating them on the the benefits of these things right and then maybe it, like you're saying if, if there's a kid doing like all six of those things you mentioned dude we, we need to probably like start to prioritize some of these things right hey what's what's number one in your life you know what's what's number two here so let's not just say yes to everything let's uh let's figure out the the best best plan of attack and honestly i think anytime you've you've done that and, and have those conversations with the the stakeholders and the people involved, there's always going to be a good ending. right to me, the the times where it, it leads to problems is when nobody communicates and talks about it.
0: Gotcha. that makes that, that makes complete sense. and And like I said, we got great kids, like you said. I think that's maybe yeah. that's maybe the biggest thing to take it out of is is no one's none of them are trying to to no. screw the team over. Uh, they want, you know, great things and they want to go compete a lot of times. I mean, it's actually things, if you look at it the right way, they're, they're getting better. Um, yeah. but so, it, Tony, it gets like easy say, to get in your own to not see that.
1: Yeah. Like Tony, you know, Holler and, and those guys, will, he'll talk about it. Like, you know, cats are looking for new toys. They want, they want new things to do. They want new challenges, right? And they start to have some of this success, they're, they're looking for that kind of next thing. What's, what's the next thing I can go accomplish and go conquer So. I think if you embrace it, one, the kids are going to be a lot better connected to you and they'll go to bat and go to war for you because they, they, they have the, there's no doubt in their mind that you trust them, you love them, you care about them, and you want them to be really, really good because you're supporting the things that they do. And so then not only that, you sit down and have that conversation, hey, just so you know, Jimmy, I'm going to need you here for four days and I'm going to need you to, to really get after it because I need you to be a leader, I need you to be the top playmaker we have. That kid's going to sit there and nod and listen to every single thing you say because he knows what you're saying is is coming from the heart. It has nothing to do with Coach Walls' resume. It has nothing to do with Coach Harper's win-loss record. It has everything to do with Jimmy's future. I want Jimmy to be the best Jimmy that he possibly can be, and I hope he he reaches all of his goals.
0: Right. Well, and then uh, it's funny you talk about educating the kids. Um, I was trying to tell you about a show that I was watching, and you were talking about how you actually show it to the kids already. Um, but whatever it was, uh, animals at night was that what it's called? Earth at night, Earth at night, Earth at night. So now, and, and it yeah, just it's happens on Apple, that, Apple Plus. It just happens that we're, um, that we're lion McKinney is the lions, but first one I watch is the lions, and I ask every kid, and it's crazy because, and I didn't know this either, but not one kid has any idea like what lions actually do, like they all, you know, I think. The assumption is, because I always ask them about it, the assumption always is, like, we always talk about these lions and how they never, you know, they never back down from a fight and they're ready to go fight anybody and they're always eating and kings of the jungles and they go do this and this. And then I go watch that earth at night and they're sleeping and laying around for 18 hours. And then, you know, the few hours at night they get out there and they get after it and they go attack. And then the whole next 18 hours they're they're laying around.
1: Dude, you can learn so much just watching, like, I'm telling you, animal videos, biology videos. And, and I've gotten into it now because I kind of switched to what I was teaching. I'm actually teaching bio now. And there's so many things that you can just add to it. Like I mean, our first standard we teach with our kids is about like, the, the resources needed within an ecosystem. Like There's four basic resources that every single living thing needs to have. Otherwise, it's not going to be alive. And if you forget about any of those four things, well, you're, you're going to die. You're, <laughs> right. certainly, you're certainly not going to be a very good football player. So, like, understanding all of those things that, that go into it and then, you know, looking at things like a food web, right? You know, Cubans are consumers. So, we're literally up high on the food web. It's not like we can go out and eat grass and survive, you know, like rabbits can. That's why there's so many more rabbits, right? There's plenty of grass around. There's plenty of plants for them to eat. Well, As I move up that food web, there's less and less energy. So I have to expend all this energy to go hunt things that can really run. I better have I better have my my best ability to go out and hunt when I'm a lion. So that's what I do. They're sitting around, they're resting, they're waiting for that perfect moment where now it's all out effort. Max out effort, then they go hunt. If they if they get it, great, they can replenish. If they don't, oh man, I just emptied the tank. This is a matter of life and death. I gotta get this resource. If I don't get this done. I'm done. So there's so many cool things you can you can learn. Uh, the Earth at Night series is awesome. I mean, the kids love it because Tom Hiddleston's the the narrator, you know the the guy from uh, Marvel Comics and all those things. <laughs> right. And the kids love that. But I mean, I just I just love it because there's so many cool little lessons you could teach that are not just like school related, but you could relate it back to like you're you're already talking with with the kitty. Like you could already show a couple of those clips. And oh yeah would you would you guys notice what'd you guys learn it's like dude this is real life this isn't some scientific study right this is this is just filmed so they can learn the behaviors of lions and they're like oh my god they do all their stuff at night well why do they do it all at night it's cooler (laughs) during the freaking heat of the day you know i mean i just i i love all that stuff I, I keep learning more and more about it, and I'm more fascinated by it, and the more that I, I you know, learn it and the more that I, I'm in it with, like, track, uh, it, it just takes me to a whole not- nother level as a coach. Like, I'm all about performance now. Right? I, I, really, I really couldn't care about anything else other than just their, their performance on a Friday night or a track
0: meet. You were talking about standards and talking, that, I think, in, in class. Uh, we started kind of – Coach Shavers did something that I thought was awesome. Um, and, and something that I will that I picked up and will always carry on um, from him now that we did it this spring but he kind of had his his mantra of, of three things that we were gonna do um, and and we split it up and it wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't easy to get done and he had to take put a lot of thought into it but I think when I, when someone does that you understand like how important it is to him but like we had to find a way to where, he wanted to have a, a meeting with, with the offensive coordinator, with the whole offense, and the defense quarter with the whole defense every single day. And we've only got limited space. I still Texas football, but there's still limited spaces for all these kids. And how do you all get them into one room? And if you can, there's probably only one room of those that you can get everybody in, uh, not a whole offense and a whole defense. And so he found a way to make it work. And, and our defense coordinator, uh, Coach Jordan, which we had on the podcast, but he kind of graciously found a way to make it work in the indoor as well. Um, But he had us every single day meet with the entire offense, Um, and we kind of had our own offensive standards that carry along with us, but he had his three for the spring, and, and man, we talked about it every single day, one of those three. Um, And and so by the end of it, it wasn't like – you know, I think it's so easy to go wrong on that thing and say – here's what we want to be this spring and give kids 12 things or Mm -hmm. tell them three things and never talk about it again. And only watch film. You know what I mean? It wasn't that it was like, here's our three things. And he kind of spent each week a little bit more heavily on one, but he would talk about one of those things in his meeting with the team. He'd bring in somebody uh, like our basketball team went to state or so he invited our, Uh, they went to like the state finals game, which is almost impossible here in Texas. So he invites him in and he comes in and talks about what that meant. Um, you know, what that standard meant to him and his basketball team, you know, they didn't have the same one, but he made it into what we're doing. And, And so he talked to the kids, he brought in, you know, a bunch of people, uh, head of the fire department, just different people in to talk to the kids. So he would hit them at that angle. And then we'd get them up in, in our offense or defensive meetings, and then we'd hit them again with it. Uh, and and then when we got into our individual meetings, we'd find some way to hit them again with it. Um, and then I thought we did a cool way to to do it in the offensive meeting room. Um, and I kind of stole this from being around Baylor for a couple of days. But we actually had – I'd actually bring up a certain offensive coach to come talk and let them choose which one they wanted to talk about. Okay, here's our three guys. You pick one of them and talk just – and they're like, well, which one do you want me to talk about? I don't care whichever one really speaks to you. And so they'd come up there for about three to five minutes and talk about one of those and hit on them to the whole offense. Um, You know, there was times – about half the time we'd be in there and I'd just call on a random kid. Hey, what does – talk about the first one. What does that mean to you? And I think just all of that added up together – and and the way that coach Shavers wanted us to make sure that we were hitting on it every day. I think that's by far the most I've ever seen one of those, something like that work. Like I've been a a part of as a player, I've been a part of so many, (laughs) so many teams that say stuff like that. And like I said, it's either 12 things that you never remember or they say it once and you never talk about it again. Um, I, I thought it was a really great way. And then, I've also been in times in my life that thought like, is is all this stuff just a waste of time? Like, let's just get as fast, strong as we can, go play football, and and let loose. And and there's something to that, but it was <clears throat> I'll never not do what we did this spring. I I just think that was that was such a big deal, and it was so like a like it was such so thought out, and it was thorough, and it was like like I said done every single day. It was really cool to see how well that worked and, and how well that manifested with the kids. I, see, I love all that. I mean,
1: I, I, I'm with you. There's, there's times, I think you and I are probably from the, the same school of like, oh my, you know, culture is overused. And some of these, you know, sayings and whatnot, they're, they're overused. Right. Just because you and I are jaded from so many times of the reasons you said, oh yeah, okay, yep. You sure believe in that, there's 12 of them. And you never talk about them again, but when it's done intentionally, like coach Shavers has done it. And then he was intentional about, we're going to make sure we, we stick to these things. I bring people in. And again, Harper it's the magic number. It's three, right? There's a reason they make phone numbers, three groups of digits. There's a reason they make your social security, three groups. Like people can remember threes, right? Anytime you get more than that, like three threes is about the max. I mean, some fours. Okay. Like I said, is a magic number, and you continually go back to it, back to it, back to it, back to it, and now it just becomes part of what these what these kids do, and I think it's going to have that staying power, otherwise, like you said, we you feel like you just wasted a bunch of energy, put together standards and a bunch of things that you never really went back to. It's like, well, why'd we even do that? We would have been better off doing something else. so
0: taking our time doing something else, I think it I think it also falls back to I, I think. The, the O-line coaches that I've had that have been any good that have talked about effort, you know, effort and finish. And the and the O-line coaches I've had that every one of them talked about it. And the ones that were good at it, they showed film on it or talked about it every day or had clips just about finishing effort. And the ones that you didn't finish or have very good effort with, didn't have that across the board. Most of them talked about it once a week or, or once a month. And then, Every once in a while, they'd show a few bad clips, but that'd be about it.
1: Yeah, dude, like we, we actually preach that all the time. Coach Nelson was preaching that today, Nick Nelson, of examples of the behaviors you want to see, um, examples of the the things that we, we definitely talk about, like, so calling that out, you know, celebrating those things, and then telling our kids, like, when, dude, you need to watch like elite level people. And I'm not just talking about like, we talk, you know, Hey, speed, watch, watch elite, elite runners or elite receivers run. I I even taken a step further with some of my guys, like I want you to see how they like carry themselves. Like hmm. look how they walk, look how confident they are. Right. I mean, look at the, the body language that they, that they convey to people around them. Like I can't be touched like that type of confidence and that type of, you know, when you see offensive linemen that walk around and move like that, you know, Hey man, I, I play with brutality and, and you're just going to have to deal with it. That's just who I am. You can just see that the way they, they carry each other. So I think a lot of that too, that you're talking about the standard, but then showing them what are, what are then the, what are the behaviors? Mm. If you want to be a confident dude, like I'm having to show my guys, here's how you need to carry yourself and watch other people who are confident or watch other people who are dominant. You know, I think so many people get scared of, I don't know if I want to show them that film or see this. They'll never be able to do it. I'm like, well, by them emulating those things, they're going to get a hell of a lot closer than they don't. Right. I'm with you, man. Like I think I, I, there's things. Yeah. I do want to correct, but I hate showing bad film. Like I don't want to even think about it anymore. Yeah. There's stuff we got to correct. Right now. It's like, I'm showing them, I'm showing them stuff that, that gets them to dude. let's take it to another level. Let's take it up another dodge. You know, what are, what are some little tiny things I can find here that can give you guys an edge. And, uh, and then, really really reinforcing it when they're doing it
0: that's interesting you talk about that film you know higher level film um every i saw I went to about three colleges this off season so far every single one of them and we got to be in through install meetings every one of them just about started and, and I, I i've talked about baylor a lot but i i couldn't like or coach Aranda must be and, and that's what i've heard but like He's, a, he's to me genius. seems like an educator before everything. Like yep. I go into those football meetings and it's like, he sat through every, um, every uh, professional development course and education that there is. And like uh, a lot of the things that you talk about when you were a, a, a coach, uh, a T uh, what was it, educational coach, a lot coach. of instructional coach, a lot of those things you can see that are in those meetings and, and so, at first, I'm like, well, is it just the old line meeting? And then I go watch the receivers. They're all hitting the exact same thing in their meetings. But, uh, like, the way he develops his meetings, the way he talks, all of that you can tell is really thought out. It's all based on them getting better. You hear him talk a lot about even, like, hey, it's not about how good it looks now. We want to build into it looking great. So, him being process-oriented, all of that's really cool. But Baylor, as well as, you know, other, several other colleges, you see them all install the same way. And they basically, they show you a picture of of what the play looks like, but they don't spend much time on it. And then they show either the way they ran it last year, or if they're from an old school, the way their old school ran it. And then they show clips of the NFL using it, and the yeah. NFL running the exact same play. And they've got about three yeah. of each clip. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it was really cool to see that. And they got no problem saying, here's the NFL guys doing it. And like you've always said, but it was cool to see it even in college kids. You could see them perk up in their chair a little bit more when, um, you know, the best of the best is out there doing it on, in the NFL. So that was really, really cool uh, to see.
1: I know you're good buddies with, with Mateos down there, and obviously he's been a podcast guest, and he said he wants to come on again, so I'm fired up for that. Did, did you ever get a chance to like, ask him, like, did, my question would be, like, did Aranda go to their meetings and like, give them feedback, or did they have like, a professional development where it's like, hey, here's how we're going to structure our meetings? Did you ever give you any of those hints, or do you just think, hey, that's something we'll just have to ask Mateos when he's back
0: on? That's something we'll have to ask him when, when he's back on. I didn't get the chance to ask him. Um, my, so my theory on it, which I'm, I'm excited to ask him to see, my theory on it is like they had a staff meeting over it. because yeah. like So I notice all these things. And so then I, I wrote them down and I asked our other coaches that were in other meetings, hey, did your guy stand up all the time? Yeah, my guy did stand up all the time. I thought that was weird. Okay, did they install it with pictures and then film with them and then film with the NFL? Yeah, that's the way our guys did it. Oh, did they have a break at this many minutes? Yeah, they had a break at this many minutes. So, my thought is like the way I think it happened, and this could be way off, but I but I think you could do it this way. Is I think Aranda or whoever had everyone and had him in a meeting, and he said, When we install, I want it done this, this, and this way. When so another big thing I saw gotcha. at Baylor, they asked kids open-ended questions a bunch, like in team meetings in offensive meetings. And in position meetings, it was like, okay, what is – what do you think about this? Like when it was – when they're talking about standards, they're like, hey, what is – what is – you know, we'll forget what theirs were, but what does we all we got – it was one of our – what does we all we got mean to you? It was just open-ended. And they'd let them talk forever, and all the other kids were listening to them. Put those kids on the spot a bunch, but they all had some real thoughtful answers. They did that with that, and they did that with plays. Um, but they did that at every session, and so I think I think it was more of Aranda had a meeting and said, "This is what I want your meetings to look like. This is the best science there is. I want you know a break no more than whatever many minutes. I want them to get a break and stand up and move um, at I want to make sure you're standing up as you present it and you're moving around the room at different spots. I want to make sure you know you're showing a clip and then a video of us, and then a video of the NFL. That's the way I believe it went because it seemed very, very uniform. Uh, I think the other thing you saw a bunch up was whatever their few standards were, it was plastered on every wall you could find. It was in the position meetings, in the hallways, in the team room, everywhere. Those three things that were their spring focuses were everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, I would
1: probably have to agree with your theory. I mean, if it's pretty standardized like that, most definitely it had to be some sort of a staff meeting. Then it'll just be interesting to hear like where, where he got his research or who he kind of modeled it after.
0: That'll it be another be. fun podcast. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, you know, I think another cool thing, and, and you don't see this hardly anywhere, um, but was they didn't have music out at practice. You know, they didn't have music out at practice. And they were like, to the indoor, back outside. To the indoor, back outside. Like every whatever, 45 minutes. It wasn't like every period. But, um, and again, I didn't get to ask a ton of questions on it. But it was really cool. Like I said, I'm sure that there are reasons they were in and out. Because um, it wasn't that hot that day. So what, I don't think it was for heat. And then um, it sounded like for music, he just wanted our, he wanted his kids to be able to to bring their own energy, you know, and have their own active energy uh, going into things, and obviously, like in in warmups and stuff, they had music. But it was team when it was in practice. Um, it was there was no music to it, and so um, now they have about fifteen guys on staff that are there just to pump people up. You know what I mean, <laughs> at Baylor? That's that's how it goes. But it was it was um, you could tell that was like really thought out too because kids were talking or chanting or doing something when they weren't in that entire practice.
1: No detail too small, man. It was really you, cool. The, the intentionality. And I just think, you know, again, you just wild thoughts here as we, as we do it. This, that's why we like our podcast as we talk about <laughs> where we want, but it's like, I mean, as, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's why it's so nice to have like free time to think free time to, to go learn some of these, things, or free time to like plan, you know? So if you're a, a football coach and you want to be really, really good, it's awesome to have, you know, quote those football classes and having those open periods to be able to, to plan all of these things out, plan, 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 you know, using your, your open space to be able to think and plan to me, there's, there's really no substitute for it. And you take it away when you have so many other tasks that, you know, quote teachers have to do. It it be it right. super difficult. You do it, but you gotta you gotta really be really be on it, man.
0: That's exactly well, well. You even talked about that having free time, and I look at it almost a different way. What I've tried to do this year is truly try to get um, away from football on the on the like two weeks that we get off over the year. You know, there's like two Absolutely. weeks where it's truly get away from football, and always in the past I've I've uh, kind of put football in those times because I still miss it. And I still right now, I still miss it and want to do football the whole time, but I almost force myself now. I I think we had about three weeks of it during the year where I truly try to get away. And I I actively try not to think about football uh, and actively put my computer and my paper away, have it all put up. And it's been really cool. I can never make it the full week, But for about four days, I do a pretty good job of it. And there's not even like a a want to go look at football for about four days. It's truly just relaxing and hanging out with my kids. And every once in a while, I'll be like, what about a depth chart? And I'll just have to turn my mind off. Like, no, we're not doing that. I don't care. But it's cool because about by the fifth day, it's like it's just an itch. And you just you want it back. You know, you're ready to be back in football. And I don't know that that's needed. Uh, necessarily but but I don't want to risk it either because I I, I, one of my best I think attributes is just loving football all the time I think that makes it makes me a lot better at what I do than I would be and so I never want to lose that and I think that's been a been a cool thing this year that I've been that I've tried to get better at it's kind of like a built-in heat check for you
1: it's like hey man I, I took these days off and then by week day five like dude I yeah I still love it let's go it's still, <laughs> right. it's still rolling you know it's like never like oh man i gotta go back you're like no no i, I want to go back i i feel you, i feel you man uh nick hired me to coach track and it's been the best thing so it's kind of the the same deal you know The spring when you and i were doing all these podcasts you know that would kind of fill the void uh but now it's like dude i, I go coach track and it's something totally different you get to coach high jump you get to coach sprinters and handoffs and watch that like my mind's totally turned off on football. You know, it's just, it's being able to kind of find a new challenge and at the same time, being able to build relationships with the kids in our program and, and watching them perform. So yeah, kind of, kind of a double-edged, double-edged sword. It works, works it out (laughs) both
0: ways, man. No, that is, it's, it's really cool. And, and, uh, you say that, but I know that you're in football all the time. What's, um, <laughs> and I am too, but I try to get away. I try to get a few days away from it. Um, I get a little scared. I want to make sure I never want that feeling to go away of loving it. Um, and I, it was actually funny. I was talking to the staff about that a few days ago and everyone was just talking about some of the miserable jobs they've had. Um, and, and that's where I get disappointed. I I'm not in everyone's shoes. And so I can't speak yeah. for everybody, obviously, but for me, you know, we're going around the room and it's from terrible jobs. Like, you know, coach Broyles used to have to, uh, flooded houses or, or roofs that were, were, um, imploded in Las Vegas in the summer. He'd have to go in there and clean them all out with no air conditioning. And then mine was, uh, in, in the summer in Houston with no air conditioning, we had to go print shirts. Well, the way you do that is it's just out in this big building, um, and it's there with a giant oven in it. And you press this you know ink down on a, on a T-shirt. Slant,
1: slamming shirts, yep. yeah.
0: That's it. Pull it off and put it in the oven so it's 140 degrees in there for eight hours, whatever it is. And then we had some coaches that had talked about, like, yeah, I had a nice job. It was good air conditioning. I made good money. And all I did was I just called – a new person every 30 seconds, every 30 seconds. Hey. And they like, it was crazy because it had been 15 years. They could still recite what they were supposed to say. Hi, this is so-and-so uh, welcome to Verizon. Would you like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like they could still roll through it. It was the cool part about it was all of us just talking about when you have jobs like that, like every day is like, you've got to talk to yourself in the morning about okay, we got to go do this. We need this money. You know what yep. I mean? I've got to get up. You had to give yourself a pep talk every morning. While you're there, you spent half the time looking at the clock. When is this thing going to be over? And the, the beautiful part about teaching and coaching, coaching and teaching, is that, like, at least for me, like, I haven't hardly ever had a single day where it was like that. You know, I think just that yeah. is what school is. That is what football is. you got a new challenge every day or every week. It's never a mindless, you know, sitting at a man, I just I don't care how much money you made, like, and they don't make a ton, but I don't care how much money you made. Like if you were just making parts on an assembly line, like the boredom that would have to be and like you just never have that with football. And it's been man, how lucky to to find something that yeah I don't have to dread going like I'm just looking forward to the next time I get to go to work. You know, it's just been awesome.
1: I, yeah, it, it, it bothers me too when you, when you hear some of the, the things out there because I, I love this profession too. And I try, I try to say it all the time. Are there times I complain? Yeah. You know, are there days that are a little bit worse than others? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I still tell myself, like, man, I love my job and I, I love working with kids. I love working with the, the other coaches we have. Uh, it, it's brought some of the best opportunities in my life. And, and I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't do it. So it, it leaves pretty quickly and it's all pretty fleeting, you know, and right, usually the stuff you're complaining about, it's like the, the, the busy work, dumb stuff that they, they just keep kind of, you know, Hey, you need to do this. You do that. Like, dude, just, this let you teach and coach. It's the greatest <laughs> It'd be job. Great. It's literally the, the greatest job of all time. <laughs> but like those things that makes up, you know, 1% of, of the yes. stuff that we do. So, I mean, it's a it's a fleeting complaint you know and then it's like hey man right right back to this you got fifth period slapping you in the face and you're you're already talking about biology again so i couldn't agree more dude like yeah like
0: that's like you said there's negatives but then i think there's negatives in everything you do yeah, in there, life you, there's no you know perfect, perfect job I mean? dude no <laughs> there's no perfect job there's no perfect husband yeah. there's no perfect wife like Nothing's uh-huh. perfect. There's going to be negatives to any great thing that you do. <laughs> you eat great food. You're going to get fat. I mean, it just there's negatives <laughs> to things, but, but they're just a positive, like you said, with kids and you get a new group of kids and that's cool. Like I, I think coaching football full-time would be really cool too. But, um, even with teach, I think teaching is, is a lot of fun because you get ways yeah. to help those kids out and that's new every day. And when you're working with kids, it's just like people, but, when you're working with kids, like you don't know what one day to the next is going to be with that entire group. Um, and so all of it, I, I I know, and I know like I said, I don't have everyone else's experience. So maybe they've got some terrible things they've got to do. I've gotten really lucky, but, um, man, it, it sure is nice. Just how many terrible things you could have to go to work to go keep a job and feed your family. It's, it's really nice when, um, when it's one that you love. And I talk to my kids about that all the time. Uh, I talk to my linemen. I talk to now the, the whole offense and I tell them like, Hey, hopefully your passion is not, you know, teaching, and coaching. I hope for you, it's, it's going and building businesses and you're a multimillionaire, but I just hope whatever you do, you find something and you're as lucky as I am to find something that you love to go do because works, you know, at the very least, at the very least of a job, it's 40 hours of your week. Now, we know coaching is whatever, 80 hours, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. at the at minimum, 40 hours of your week, I, would, uh, I wouldn't I would wish it on my worst enemy for the, you to hate or have no care about it in the world for 40 hours of your week. Like, go find something. I just hope everyone's as lucky as me. You find something that you truly love to do and can't wait to go. And then I think you touched on it, but the other big point is, like, uh, you talk about, who you do it with. And and so when I was moving down here to Texas, again, one of the lucky things I've got so many good people to talk to, but one of the big things that you and Dave and Wilk talked to me about when, when I had some options trying to find out where to go was like, Hey, where will you get along with those people? Like what, what group had the group of coaches that you You're going to spend 80 hours a week, you know, coaching football, whatever it is. I made that number up. You're going to spend a lot of time around those guys. You know, what, where do you think that you'll enjoy that the most? You got to be there too often to, to hate a group of guys that you got to be around. And that was one of the giant reasons I told all the guys here, but that was like the biggest reason, you know, I ended up going to McKinney, even when it looked like a lesser job at, at tight ends. Was because of the the group of coaches that they had here in the head coach and and so man that didn't steer me wrong. I'm I'm excited I made that, but that's been really cool. And and from that tangent to going to another one, like what's been really cool also about going to be an offensive coordinator right now is is this this um, this small you know market or we're not market this small group of people that I get to lean on with you and and Wilk and Coach Dixon and. Um, you know, Dave, obviously with some of the run game stuff. And it, it's been, it's been really nice to be able to, um, to text like four of you guys at once. Hey, have you done this? What was your thought on this? Um, you know, I'll even add Dub in there. I know you you let me tag along with you guys to go over and see Dub and I probably text him more than he, than he wants anyone to, but um, <laughs> he always responds to me. And so, Uh, To have that heavy of hitters of guys that I can go look to and ask questions to, um, I don't know how how anyone would do it without a group like that.
1: Well, that's I mean, appreciate you saying that, but I mean, you know, there's so many things that we take from you too. So I mean, it's always, you know, it's always a give and a take. I mean, it it's made me a, a much better coach. You ask great questions, you have great ways you set things up. So I mean, it's it's always that that two way street, but you know, you talking about us, maybe kind of guiding you as far as, you know, hey, where, where am I going to go and, and going someplace where I, I enjoy the people i will be around. I mean, we just know that's you, right? You're, you're not going to be a guy that's that, you know, well, you know what, it's not going so great. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang out at home and not worry about it. Like you love football, you want to be in the office, you want to be, you know, having your, your hands to, to help and make your position group the greatest, your offense the greatest or whatever it's going to be. So Knowing your personality and your style, it's like, well, dude, you know you're going to be up there. You may as well be up there with people that you like. Otherwise, <laughs> that's, going to, that's going to grind on you. And you're, uh, you're not going to be happy. Uh, your family's not going to be as happy. So it was, it was pretty easy advice to, to be able to give you. <laughs>
0: well, well, I'm glad you <laughs> gave it. I'm glad you gave it. Um, like I said, uh, I know you've had – I think the Rams have kind of been your big off-season – um thing that you've been looking at and I know I've stole already a bunch of different things from you um with that and and you've shared some film with me uh that I appreciate because it I know that's takes up a lot of your time and and uh it's really easy for me to say hey can you send me all that film you broke down uh and then I got it immediately that makes it really nice but I know that's a lot of hard work for you but what um what are some of the big things? So you've you've been studying them for a few months now. I know you've made several different cutups with it. What are uh, some big takeaways that you had that you guys that think maybe you can use, or uh, just I guess what are some of your big big takeaways from that Rams off? It's obviously like we said, no one you're not good without good players. So that part's obvious. I think what I've always loved about the NFL, and it's where I can barely even watch college football hardly anymore. But the cool part about the NFL is everyone has freaks, you know, like it's the, the most parody of anyone is an NFL team. They're all handpicked and they're all good. But I think the really good teams obviously do a few, few good things. They, they are great in certain situations. And then the really great teams in the NFL find ways to get their dudes, the ball and get their dudes, you know, good matchups to get the ball. So what are some of the things you've seen with the Rams? Because, you know, you, they've got, you know, Cup, and they got the great quarterback, and what was it, OBJ was there. And so, uh, you know, they had a decent wide zone run game. What were some of the things you saw?
1: Well, first of all, like, hey, man, I, I love giving out the, the cut-ups. Like, for me, the, the work is, is where I learn. So, like, being in there and, and doing that work, it's, like, never like a, a nuisance or never whatever because that's – I got to do that. For me, it's like, hey, that's how I stay sharp. That's how I kind of have my grind. I set my little goals and, and do it. So that's always kind of the first part uh, with it. But as far as the Rams, I, I like them simply from the fact that once I kind of watched a few games, they don't do a whole heck of a lot. Uh, it's, it's pretty basic. I mean, I, I was able to start kind of calling off plays, you know, pretty early as far as, as far as some of the things they do now what they would do so well is then package it, right? Very, very similar to look. And when I say look, everyone, when everyone hears look, they're like, oh, it's the same formation or it was the same motion. Yes, but also it's like the same route stems, right? The guys are, it looks like they're doing the exact same job and then they're going to break a, a different direction. So I think, you know, the the, the jet sweep that they run under center, the wide zone they run under center, and then the naked they run under center, they all look gotcha. exactly the same. So I think there's those many, many packages of plays. And that that applies to literally any level of football. So I I think that's uh, phenomenal. I think NFL film now, you you keep seeing more and more too high coverages just because teams throw the ball so much more in the NFL. You're, You're seeing a lot more too high, you know, as everyone just thinks, oh, it's all man coverage. I mean, they still play a lot of man, don't get me wrong, but you're starting to see, you know, QBs have to think, and, and, and react, but they're playing a lot more of the too high stuff. So I think their uh, way that they attack too high is phenomenal. A lot of the middle read stuff, um, I think they do a great job. I, I think for me, my big thing is, is, well, I wanted to study a lot of, you know, what Cup was doing underneath with, with option routes. So, you know, arches and choice and the, the different things they do there. I just feel like I can always find a guy like that. Um, and, and I think it's, it's something where you could just continuously develop guys uh, and it just becomes kind of a niche that those guys will have. And, and I think as a play caller, it makes things super, super easy. I've always liked, you know, seam reads, middle reads, fin reads. You know, having option routes, it, it just makes you a better play caller and it makes, uh, it makes you right. I don't have to consistently guess what, what they're going to be in. You know, the best teams that we have to beat and play, they're going to play a lot of different things you know you might not know exactly where they're at and if they do play one or two defenses they must have really 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 good players that's not gonna matter (laughs) anyway right so it's it's kind of one of those things but i i've been studying the heck out of those um i love the compressed stuff they do i love how they're running you know the option routes out of uh stacks you know it's not always just spread um I think that that adds a whole new dimension to things. And then I would say the last thing and and probably my favorite thing is how they use their receivers in, in like the run game. So, you know, running basically 12, 12 personnel sets or 21 personnel sets with a receiver as a wing Uh, and the different things they do with them. there, having them insert, having them reach on the edge Uh, you know, a backside cutoff, you know, they're running stretch zone to the tight end side and, and the receivers, the backside cutoff those guys cut off defensive ends literally almost every time. Wow. Now, are they going to get movement? You know, are they going to knock the guy out? No. And right, no. We all know that. But, but they are athletic enough that they are going to get their body in between you know, the football right. and the defensive end. So I think there's so many cool things to do there. And, and again, I, I've cut him off. I've cut him off. And you know, now you have a D-line coach completely. Like, dude you get caught off by a wide receiver what the heck and then now here comes their their late flat you know mm. he crossed he crosses the dude's dude's face and then now he becomes a late flat rubber so i just think again even just plays like that hey it looks like the same exact thing it's the same exact movement here comes the next play off of it so i think it's brilliant um you know you, people can say what they want uh, it's cup it's it's this guy uh they're obviously very intentional on in how they teach it. Um, those guys must be super passionate about football because they can learn a lot of things. Um, I think it's an easy sell for, I know my guys, it'd be an easy sell for them because I'd have all that great film to show. them, And uh, I, I think they, they enjoy the new challenge and they, they'd want some of those things. So I think kind of changing the narrative of, of you know, soft wide receiver play, right. Know, the way that they're, they're doing those things with, with their guys. Uh, to me, it's, it's second to none.
0: Well, so here's, here was the other thing, um, you know, that I stole from me and you talked about, so we've already talked a little bit about that. And then, you know, you talked about arches, you talked about a few different routes and, and your big advice was like, Hey, there's routes that everyone needs to run. And then there are certain things that you're going to use in situations or, you know, at different times, you don't need to run with everybody. Find two maybe three guys and they're the only ones that work that and if they're hurt you don't want to run the play anyways like the whole reason you're running that play is because you have that kid and so I think that's been really really big I'll tell you what that also does and it's the same thing as offensive line I was never very like shy about and, and I think probably stole it from you but was never shy about like hey you're really big and strong and don't move well Uh, are you the you think you're the pulling guy or are we going to run power towards you they're like they're running at me like dang straight then you look at the other guard like okay you're you're quick can move and explosive like you're the guy that gets to pull on power that's what we do it's we'll do it the other way too but you're the specialist at this and those guys get to love that you know you you almost think it's going to be a bad thing but it's not they love having a role i'm the puller on guard you know what i'm saying or i'm the they're going to run it my way on power and so it's been cool to see that that kind of is the same crossover uh, when we get into uh, the way we run our offense, which is letting them, you know, they flip sides and they're going to move around and go to the strength call. And and we've got, you know, slots, like I said, different guys that have some of the, the option routes. Hey, you're the option route guy. and, And guess when we're calling this, when it's third and four. You know, this is a big deal. We're coming to you. And it was cool telling those guys that. And then they say, hey, do you have any film on that? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And so, like, they really take that. And obviously, they want to do everything. But they take that and they really, really enjoy that and, like, wear that as a badge of, like, honor almost.
1: And, it, and it's not like it's something that's, like, you know, permanent. It's something you'll start with. And then as they continue to maybe develop now now it gets to be that point. Maybe it's in the season when it becomes a tendency breaker or you're late in the season. Now you pull it out, you know, and the kids practice it enough and things like that. I just think, again, man, you know, play the guys' strengths, letting them be successful at the, the things they do, and, and not only that, just being more efficient about how you practice. It's like I never figured – I never understood why I, – I get it. Every guy's got to get reps, but it's like my, I have my my great QB who could throw a great deep ball why is he throwing it to a guy that runs a 5 we're never going to do that you know it's nothing nothing against the kid you know but let's let's right. throw it to the, let's throw it to the three dudes who we're going to throw it to that are going deep i mean let, let's practice those things instead of hey hey you gotta take a little off this one or hey you gotta you know it's like come on man <laughs> let's let's give them the let's give them the stuff that they're going to be really good at and then we'll just continue to work on those things until they're proficient and then all right now we can pull it out later
0: no it's been cool and i'll tell you i think another thing that's been that's been cool that i didn't think would be as good as it was for the receivers is is having those certain positions you know hey we want our x's to look this way we want our z's to look this way this is the way we want our h's and and this is why we want you guys to look this you know that have this certain frame have these abilities because if you're an X, we want you to do this. If you're a Z, we need you to be able to do this. And if you're an H, you know, you're, we want you to be able to do these things. That's been really cool. i tell you, you know, we're, we're adding a lot more. We have tight ends. We'll have some fullbacks as well. We're kind of dual coaching it, but guys still have almost like a broken arrow. I think for the most part, everyone can play tight end and fullback. But then they also kind of had like, okay, this guy very rarely will he come back to fullback. He's a tight end and we got some fullbacks that are mostly fullbacks but they might have to play backside tight end as well but the cool part with having multiple tight ends on the field uh for a good you know a good percentage of our of our snaps is we found a home for a lot of guys that really just didn't have one on our team you know um now are are all of them the division 1 tight ends that everyone says they can't find no they're not that but but they're big athletic kids that otherwise they can't play receiver. They can't play running back. So they're they're out on offense. And then there might be a guy a little smaller but more athletic that's playing linebacker. And then they're too big to play safety, and they're not big enough to play defensive end. And so we you know we look up and we got a lot of these kids that that should be playing football. But if you don't have a tight end or you only have one, um, you know, in your whole then those kids get left out. It's been really cool to find some homes for some of those kids. Um, and and you know how much they enjoy that position because they just aren't quite offensive linemen yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> they can be happy with that. And and we split them out, we let them do a bunch of different things, but um it, it's been cool finding a home for all those type of kids.
1: There's not nothing worse that Harper than just you know standing on the sideline, you turn around and you see like some of these great athletes just standing there and not right. playing, man. You you want to find you want to find spots for all these guys and, and be able to, to tailor things to, to amplify all their talents. And, and I mean, I, and I, guess, you know, when you're loaded, it becomes hard because you know, you'll you have so many plays, but at the end of the day, man, I, I want to get my best dudes on the field. And I want to have, you know, a, a multitude of dudes that are going to play because that's how we, that's how we increase our depth. And that's how, it took, that's how to me, it was, that's what makes football fun. How can I get this guy on the field? How can right. i to give this guy a role. How can I make football, you know, fun for this kid and, and at the same time help us win. So to me, that is, that is the freaking mystery and the fun part of coaching.
0: Like I said, we've got lucky with how freaky some of our kids are. And so with that, you get tons of different colleges coming in, you know, if, if a college is in the DFW area, they're coming to McKinney because we've got, you know, several division one kids that need to be recruited. Um, the cool part, though, has been a lot of those coaches, you know, we get to come in and talk to some of them longer than others. But, like, some North Dakota State came in, and obviously I fanboyed out on, on them. But they came in and said, like, like the coach is like, I like to count how many personnels we carry. He said, one game we carried 32 different personnels into a game. Jeez. You know, just – but to me, that's really cool. And the way that I've sold it to our guys, and it's true, is is we don't have – a and. Coach has actually kind of sold it to me this way years ago with how they did their offense in Vegas, but we don't have 11 starters. Like, we've got, like, 22 different starters on offense. It just depends on what personnel we start with. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. in North Dakota State didn't say 32 different personnels meant, like, 32 different people. It was like, if one guy's a tight end in this, but he's then he's a fullback, they wouldn't change a formation. they just – he'd be a new personnel It puts – him at the fullback instead of the tight end. You know what I mean? And so I'm Dude, sure some the of exact that
1: same formations, it's just different people that are up.
0: different people there. And so uh, I, I would assume a lot of it's like that, but you're, like you said, you're getting a lot of people in the game. Uh, how do you, you know, find ways to get them in there. And so it was cool to hear from them here to, hear from some other teams that did a lot of different personnels, just how many kids they could get in the game, keep their other kids fresh. I guess kind of before we go my last question for you is and there's no right or wrong with this but just kind of curious so uh, actually I got two so uh, I lied but the first one is so when you were an OC and now as your as a receivers coach and I know the offenses are a little bit different but how did you view um, rotations on Friday nights with your receivers Um, were you trying to Rotate, keep those guys fresh. Uh, obviously, it depends on what your backups are like. But uh, what what's kind of your overall thought process on that? As far as uh, how many times you're rotating in new guys, and even though they're not the ones, but they're good enough to go play. What are you looking to do on that?
1: It, it, what it's up to me, and I, and I have enough guys. Uh, I'd like to have six, and I'd like to play all six. So I'd like to be able to to rotate those guys as needed. whether it's by series you know if if you were you had it really scripted out and organized you know you could put dudes in for certain plays and things like that or or certain personnel groupings I mean I think that'd be something where you could go hey we're 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 at 12 personnel I want these receivers in the game and 12 personnel you guys are our better blockers and you guys do a good job you know run our deep routes things like that so matching it up to maybe what you're your theory or philosophy is within each one of your personnel grouping. So I think that's one way to kind of create uh, an identity for your guys. Like, Hey, you're, you're one of our better blocking guys and you're going to run play actions. You're going to catch nakeds and you're going to catch some deep balls. Hey, when we're, when we're in the, you know, two minute drill, these are my top four guys. If we're going to play, you know, with 10 personnel, because these guys are our best route runners and whatnot. So I'd like to have six and I'd like to find as many ways as possible to be able to uh, to rotate and play those guys literally as often as i could
0: gotcha and so then kind of my my last question for you was um as a young oc and then even as an oc when we were at broken arrow what were kind of the the big situations um that you wanted to be prepared for i, I think maybe I think maybe the obvious ones are already out there, third and short, third and medium, third and long, you know, yeah. um, red zone. Some of those are, are maybe pretty obvious. I'm curious if you could think of one where you were like, man, I wish I was ready for that situation. I just didn't even know that was going to be a situation, and it was something that came up several times. <laughs> um, that's a great
1: question. Um, I can't think of one that was like –
0: that like would would catch you or maybe even like something that maybe even something that like you were a little bit prepared for that situation, but after that first or second year or whatever, you're like, okay, I need to spend a lot more time with this situation because it's a lot more important or it comes up a whole lot more often than I thought it was going to. Maybe that's a better way to ask it. I would say
1: practicing just practicing more fourth downs like i'm going to go for it on fourth down hmm. so i think that was one of the ones that I, do, I don't think i probably prepared well enough for and knowing now that's probably my my philosophy like i would practice a lot more fourth downs or i would have a lot more you know fourth down calls uh, on my call sheet um another one and i and i agree with dub on this and you would know, double say it you know having having plays for the middle of the field because the ball is rarely in the middle of the field. It's almost always on a hash. So I'd line things up on the hash, but having like, I think I I hit a pretty good job with it, but again, maybe just having a plan of, Hey, here's, here's three or four calls that I'm going to run just in the middle of the field and knowing, you know, Hey, if it's, if it's a shot play or things like that, you know, obviously you don't, you don't want to call it on a certain hash, but, having some shot plays from the quote middle of the field as well. So making sure I had those bases covered. Um, Gotcha. I love, I love shots. I just, I just have a bank of shots. I felt like I prepared for those usually pretty well.
0: No, that's a, that's a huge part of the game and, and huge chunks that you can have. I thought we did great. You did a great job of that at Broken Arrow having different shots. Like, and that was the, I was lucky to be a part of that because that was one of the first times, and, and Jay did a good job of it too, but that was one of the first times I went somewhere that was like, you can have gigantic chunk plays and only put two people out in a route. That was the first time I've ever seen that. Um, yeah. And it was really nice to see, and receivers were very, very happy because they're still getting chunk plays. Maybe only two of them out there, but they're excited when they are. And so um, that was cool to see. I, I saw McVay's call sheet. He had a few second. Hit like some second down uh, calls. Did you ever? Did you ever go as far to to make some second down call stuff on your call sheet, or that was all off of feel? I kind of did that all off of feel, and I
1: tried to be a little bit contrarian, knowing that you know, hey, second and longs big, gonna be a big run run down. So I think a lot of times that would be kind of one of my favorite times to call, maybe a naked, gotcha, and, and some things like that, and try to be contrarian about when you
0: call screens. Uh, I just think you know, hey, we need to get Schneider, you talk about that. We need to get Schneider back on. He's, yes. has he talked to you about screens? Yes. We need to get him on and see if he wants to talk about it, but he's got a great, uh, so everyone's listening. He's got a great um, kind of study he's doing right now on screens. I don't know that he wants to put it out there, so I'll let him <laughs> talk about it if he wants to, but um, we lost his lost podcast. We have it, but it was real choppy it was before my internet got good here in Texas. So we'll have to get another one with him. Um, but he's got some great percentages on that as well. Um, and then, so, I don't know. It, that, that's, uh, that's really cool, too, uh, you know, just being able to be contrarian. I thought you did a great job of that, obviously. Uh, did you did you script the first 10 or 15, or did you just already have it in your head? Did you put it down somewhere? I, I always had it in my head. I, sure. I
1: just i've never been a, a big script guy i mean i might put some things like just notes like hey i, I gotta call these right or there there's things but a lot of times i i would just get like in a rhythm and i just call it like off the cuff like seriously my call sheet would be you know it, may, it might have a bunch of things on it but it was it was rare that i would just like be looking at it all the time it basically right. became kind of like my mini planner Right I'd get my rhythm going. Here's what I feel like the defense is doing. Here's what I feel like it's gonna be gonna be rolling. You call something that it worked. Hey, okay, it worked like I thought. You call something it, hey, it didn't. I didn't get the reaction I wanted. Maybe you put a check or something beside that and just say, "Well, okay, do I have another counter play off of it? Is that gonna be there, or is that something i just dump and and not not use it so i i never I never really wanted to have the 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 parameters of for me like like a script i just i just felt like it was too much there's too many things there. there's too many variables so i, gotcha. I was just most, com- most comfortable i mean dude it's like dude you, you play madden right you play you play football do you, do you have a script for madden
0: <laughs> right
1: i mean i i don't know i mean some guys yeah hey it, it it gives them the security blanket they feel good about it nothing wrong with it it works for them it just wasn't something that uh, that worked for me now. I always like to freaking pull the staff, you know, and I know Schneider does that. I'm sure you're going to do it, but pulling Mm -hmm. the staff, like, what are the things you guys like, you know? So that kind of just goes into the list. Like, all right, I'm gonna make sure we call these, you guys liked it. Right. Is there anything on here that you guys just absolutely hate that we need to take off? I'm going to take those off. And then doing the same thing with the QB, what are the things you absolutely love? Right. And I'm going to highlight those star them put them at the top and those will be things that i call and then i might even go with go through with the qb like okay here here's when i'm thinking of calling some of these are you good with that and and they know when i'm going to call them so gotcha all all those things again to me like I, I can have the the best plan in the world but if it if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't work out that way or yeah does it go the way we, quote, thought it was going to? It, it really doesn't matter. So, you know.
0: Like you said, or if the quarterback hates it, then who cares? He doesn't want to throw it anyway.
1: Exactly. Like the Quarterback doesn't like
0: to to call cur- to throw curls, and you try to throw curls all the time, then it's not going to be very good, no matter if no. it's there or not.
1: No. God, this should be wide open. Let's call it again. No, I don't want to throw it a pick.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I'm not even going to have it on my call sheet. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just. Everybody's got their own style. That was my style. I'm probably a little bit more freewheeling. I know this. Working with Dub and seeing Dub, you know, call plays, I learned so much from him and being in the box with him and talking to him and just kind of knowing, you know, his thought process. He was always so unpredictable, and he was always so aggressive. Hmm. And those were two things that I'm like, that's how I want to be as a play caller. I want to, I want to call things like that. I'll have my own flavor, whatever it might be. Right. But I'm always, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to be aggressive and, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to be contrarian and, and unpredictable as I can be. So I think, I think by not scripting, you can
0: do all those things.